I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life. Hey, praise. Jesus. This is Taylor preaching Jesus Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Tune in every week. Tune in every day. As much as you would like. There are many episodes on this podcast. There's also a lot of teachings on the YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com at taylove66. That's T-E-L-U-V-V-6-6. I want to bring a message to you that I pray will bless you, minister to you, admonish you, strengthen you. This is a message that concerns God. And I'm not talking about God as you might think you know him. I'm talking about the God of all creation. According to the analytics on the YouTube channel and the reach of this podcast, there are many who are not American. That means as I prepare for messages and as I seek the Lord, I have to consider the cultural context, the religious context of people that are not American. If you are listening to this podcast, I want you to know that America is not a Christian country. I have lived in America for nearly half a century. Okay, I'm telling you, America is not a Christian country. Now, are there things that have been influenced by Christianity? Yes. The way the government is set up, it's not all Christian, but a lot of considerations have been stitched and threaded in our laws and our constitution and the way that America works because of the influence of Christianity, Christian men, uh, one way or another. This is why lots of people look at America and say, hey, there are aspects of America that are desirable or favorable. But let me be very, very clear. If you live here, then you uh, will see that myself, along with countless people who live here, we will unanimously tell you that America is not a Christian country. We do not have an official religion. Okay, this is why you see LGBTQAIS2 plus and Pride Month and they're they're putting uh, pride flags everywhere. The laws for parents are making the authority of parents uh, diminished or erased. You know, kids now get to do a lot of things without their parents consent. And I could roll out a myriad of things that prove and demonstrate to you what I just said that America is not a Christian country. With that in mind, I said all that to say, this is why I'm trying to stress to you that when I say God, I'm talking about the Jesus Christ of the Bible. There are many debates as to, oh man wrote the Bible and the Bible's been tampered with. That's another song for another day. 
the reason that I am a Christian today is because a man evangelized me when I was 18 years old and I literally heard the audible voice of God speak to me and today is 2023 that was 25 years ago the reason why I still choose to follow Jesus through the twists and turns of life is because one I still hear the voice of God Two, the things of the Bible have continued to prove themselves to be true I experience the living God on a daily basis and that is my hope to you with this podcast that I'm going to share. I know that was a long introduction, but I just want to tell you, if you have the time to sit and learn and soak this word, then you appreciate the time that we or myself have taken to give you this message. This is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. Again, you're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. I got into Christian rap, and I love the Christian more than the rap. So over time, I've gotten into evangelism and serving and pastoring and all types of ministry opportunities because I'm still in love with Jesus more than a genre, greater than a beat, greater than all the cultural associations attached to what we call rap music. Rap music, country music, rock music, banjo music, I don't care what kind of music it is. Jesus is and has always been the absolute main attraction for me. So that's why I don't have to rap to communicate God word. I don't need a hat to wear sideways and have sag my pants and act like I'm partially thuggish trying to punk pastors and other Christians. I ain't got to do that. Okay. I can sit and preach God word as if I didn't have no genre because Jesus is not validated or authenticated or legitimized through a genre. Okay. With that being said, this podcast is called False Death Escape. False Death Escape. We got a lot of scriptures, but the main bread and butter scripture we're going to read out of and go off of is Revelation 20, 11 through 15. This is the King James Version, and it reads, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20 11 through 15, King James Version. Let me read this text in two more translations. This is me layering 
Let's just read two more translations. I believe you will appreciate this false death escape. Same text, Revelation 20, 11 through 15, contemporary English version. I saw a great white throne with someone sitting on it. Earth and heaven tried to run away, but there was no place for them to go. I also saw all the dead people standing in front of that throne. Every one of them was there, no matter who they had once been. Several books were opened, and then the book of life was opened. The dead were judged by what those books said they had done. The sea gave up the dead people who were in it, and death and its kingdom also gave up their dead. Then everyone was judged by what they had done. Afterwards, death and its kingdom were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone whose name wasn't written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation 20, 11 through 15, contemporary English version. Now let us read one more version. Same text, amplified classic version. It reads, Then I saw a great white throne and the one who was seated upon it, from whom's from whose presence and from the sight of whose faith, face earth and sky fled away and there was no place and no place was found for them. I also saw the dead, great and small. They stood before the throne and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged, sentenced by what they had done their whole way of feeling and acting, their aims and endeavors in accordance with what was recorded in the books. And the sea delivered up the dead who were in it, death and Hades, the state of death or disembodied existence, surrendered the dead in them, and all were tried and their cases determined by what they had done according to their motives, aims, and works. Then death and Hades, the state of death or disembodied existence, was thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found recorded in the book of life, he was hurled into the lake of fire. Revelation 20, 11 through 15, Amplified Classic Version. Ladies and gentlemen, there are six escapes in this text that are false. Stay with me here. You know how we do it. Six escapes that are false. The dead, it's false in that human beings think or assume or might believe that they will not die. Each man, the false uh, way of each man is I do not have to give an account for myself. In other words, I'm not the only one who's going to get in trouble. I'm not going to be the only one who's punished or there will be more than one person standing with me before God. Okay. Now, the third 
escape. That's false. Is according to their works. In other words, the false belief is I'm not going to be judged on what I do. I'm not going to be judged according to what I do. That's a false escape. The next one is written or recorded. Everything that I do, surely everything that I do, the little things, the, the half playful things, everything that I do is not going to be written in those books. The fifth one is hurled. Oh, you know, I'll just be separated from God and I'll just die in my sleep. And, you know, it's not really that dramatic or a big deal how I enter into uh, death. The Bible says you will be hurled into the lake of fire. Okay. The false way is, oh, well, me dying and going to hell is not a big deal to God. And finally, number six, the lake of fire. To say that, oh, you know, I'm just going to be separated. It's not going to go well for me. No, the Bible told us in that passage, the truth is there is a lake of fire. To believe otherwise is false. So let us get into each of these six escapes that are false. Just stay with me here. I promise you, if you open your Bible, take your notes and take the time Prayerfully, God will unveil to you what he's trying to articulate through his word. The first escape is the dead. So what is death? If there is dead, there has to be death. Death is the precursor, the prerequisite, the thing that happens before someone is dead. Okay, so death, the permanent cessation or stop of all vital functions. Death is the end of life. Death is extinction and death is inanimate. Death is expire, decease, dissolution or exit. All of those things are just a basic definition of death. So here's a way to look at it. The dying will experience death and the death will be dead. The dead were the dying because of death. So either way you put it, dying, death, or dead, or dead, dying, or death, death, dying, and dead represent these three words, past, present, and future. The past are the dead. The present are the dying and the future is death. You just savor that for a minute. Dead, dying, and death represent past, present, and future. In other words, everybody is surrounded actively or soon to be in one of these three states. If you are alive right now, you are literally dying. This is why as soon as human life begins, the clock of death begins. A baby is slowly dying from birth to death, from the first breath to the last breath. It's just a downward hill of death because they're dying. How do we know? Because people who continue to live and, and don't experience sudden death get old. Getting old is, is showing you physically 
that your bone life is at its last leg. You're at the end of your bone life. Your hair turns gray or white because it's at the end. Your skin begins to wrinkle and wither and twist because it's at the end. The life of that human body is dying. That's just an outward manifestation that enough time of dying has occurred and the next thing for you is the final dying, which is death. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a true revelation from the Bible. Please stay with me. This is unpopular. It's the broccoli or the onion or the garlic or something that's not necessarily favorable but it is the truth and prayerfully you will see the false death escape at the end. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast. Be sure and share this podcast. You know somebody. Your brother, your family member, a co-worker, somebody somewhere that you know in your phone or on your email list that you can share this with and the word of God will work in their life. Now, dead in this context, in Revelation 20, 11 through 15, the dead. The dead in Greek is the word nekros. It is a corpse, a dead body what lacks life or one that has breathed his last everyone in human history has died no matter how great a life they live on earth the richest man let's say andrew carnegie uh big powerful people like adolf hitler or uh, uh stalin or even saddam hussein or uh Idi Amin, who's over in uganda or uh, uh, uh ronald reagan martin luther king all these people have died no one in human history has come back from the dead except jesus christ jesus christ rose from the dead jesus christ was seen by his disciples jesus christ was seen by more than 500 people for nearly 40 days after he resurrected Jesus Christ is the only human being, the only God-man, man-God that came and resurrected from the dead. Everyone on the planet today is going to die. The husband and wife that may be holding hands listening to this podcast, the husband is going to die, the wife is going to die. I am going to die. All of my children are going to die. This is the reality of being a human being. Here are three things I want us to consider about the dead. One, you don't know when you are going to die. You don't. Nobody does. If you knew when you would die, then you would prepare and make better preparations or even perhaps live differently. But the truth is, you don't know when you're going to die. Number two, you don't know how you're going to die. If you knew that, hey, I'm going to be in a car accident and die, or I'm going to choke on a piece of steak and die, you wouldn't drive and you wouldn't eat steak. 
But the truth is, you don't know how you're gonna die. People drown, people die in their sleep, people die of old age, people get shot, cancer takes people out. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Finally, you do not know, or you do know, that you will die. You do know that you will die. This is why humans put various parameters in place to preserve or prolong their lives because they know they're going to die. For example, if you live in the city of Memphis or St. Louis or Detroit or Baton Rouge or one of these cities where it's shoot them up, bang, bang, and it's hood and all that, then you know in order to pre prevent yourself from dying uh, randomly or foolishly or short, uh, you're going to put a few, a few uh, preventions in place. You're going to have locks on your doors, thumb lock, deadbolt, security door, security alarm. You're going to wear your seatbelt. And the list goes on and on and on. These things prevent and prolong, preserve and prolong your life. All right. So what is false about death? What I just described to you are basic facts. I don't care where you are on the planet. Those are basic facts. You don't know when you're going to die. You don't know how you're going to die. You do know that you will die. Okay. But what is false about death? I gave you the truth about death. What is false about death? Because this podcast is called False Death Escape. Here are some things that are false about death. Listen closely. I'm not going to die. If you were to go out in your village or your city or your school or your job and someone told you, I'm not going to die. Well, you may live long. You might live good. You may have great success, fun, or happiness but the truth is no human escapes death so the statement or the philosophy that I'm not going to die is false I will say to those who might be contemplating suicide to those who have considered suicide to those who may have experienced someone that you know that has commuted uh, committed suicide taking your own life does not reduce or lessen God's judgment nor does it grant exemptions exceptions or excuses in other words hey I killed myself so what's written in those books you can erase those I killed myself God doesn't have a problem with me being in the judgment seat of my own life. In other words, the Bible says, and I believe in Psalm 90, God has numbered our days. If God numbered your days to be 75 and you kill yourself at 35, what have you just done? What have you just done? I'll leave that alone. We have a podcast called I Decide Suicide where I dive into that topic. Okay. But just remember, again, I'm going to say it one more time. Taking your own life does not reduce or lessen God's judgment, nor does it grant exemptions, exceptions, or excuses. 
So we talked about what is false about death. So let me answer this question, which a lot of people don't seem like they really know. What happens after you die? Well, let's, let's go to the Bible. Hebrews 9, 27, contemporary English version tells us we die only once and then we are judged. So you don't have to say, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I just read to you one verse of many verses that tells you what happens after you die. Hebrews 9:27, contemporary English version again it reads, "We die only once, and then we are judged." That's the first false death escape. Now let's move on to the second uh, part of false death escape. Number two, each man, each man. What is each? Well, when we read that text, Revelation 20, 11 through 15, it tells us in various translations that each person will stand before God. Each person is born in the world alone. Even when there are twins, the time stamp on their arrival to earth is one at a time. Okay? Each in Greek is the word hekastos. Hekastos. And it means each individual unit as opposed to several or a group. When God says each person each individual unit is like a logistics term or a shipping term or a retail term. When you go to a store and you and you go to say Walmart, you have to scan each individual item, a pack of pins or a single pin. That one pack of pins is considered one each. Several packs of pins are considered eaches or units. In other words, let, let, let me give you another example. Okay. Now, you can shop for one can of beans. Let's say you were shopping for one can of beans. All right. But let's say you were required to pay for a box, for a box, uh, a, a pallet that's full of boxes of beans. Would that be fair? Again, you only want one can, but you're forced to pay for a pallet that has boxes of beans. Is that fair? One can of beans in this illustration costs 89 cents a can. 12 cans in one box of beans costs $10.68. Let's say a pallet that has 63 boxes of beans again on one pallet costs six hundred and seventy two dollars and eighty four cents now that pallet of beans is seven hundred and fifty six times more than one can of beans do you see what I'm saying this is why God as a righteous God and a holy God and a just God must judge each individual for their life. So what is false about each? I gave you the truth about each. What is false about each? Here's a statement, several statements that are false. Listen to this. 
I lived a lifestyle of having sex outside of marriage, but she had two abortions. In other words, hey, don't just look at me before the judgment seat, God. What about that girl over there who had two abortions? How about this one? God, you have to consider what she did in your judgment on me. I didn't do what she did. How about this statement? We all robbed that old lady together. I wasn't the only one. Here's another illustration to unveil the falsehood about each. We all know about education. If you go overseas, school and education is a very, very big deal. Probably even bigger than it is in the United States or developing countries. So follow this illustration. I do four years of college and they give my degree to someone across the street. Hey, hey, time out, time out. That's my degree. I earned it. I deserve it. Okay. That's what I would say if, if, if that happened. How about this scenario? I do four years of college and they give half of my credits to someone across the street. Instead of graduating after four years, I am told that I have to do another four years. That's my degree. I earn all my credits. I'm the only one who deserves it. Do you see that? That's why God has to judge each. There's going to be no credit for people outside the life you live. In other words, uh, uh, you, so, uh, somebody else can't get heaven merit points because of my life. And I can't uh, uh, take deductions off of the way I live or my sin because of the way that other people sinned before God. Let's read a Bible verse to help unveil the falsehood of each. 2 Corinthians 5, 10, King James Version. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Amplified translation, same verse. I'm turning this fan up because it is hot, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't live in the South, you you just you probably don't understand how hot hot gets. All right. As a matter of fact, let me bring this mic in. Maybe that'll help uh, not lose some of the uh, volume on my voice because I have this fan on. Okay. Amplified classic version, 2 Corinthians 5:10 reads, For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil, considering what his purpose and motive have been, and what he has achieved, been busy with, and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. Oh, my goodness, what a bomb that was. How about just the regular amplified version, 2 Corinthians 5.10? It reads, For we, believers, will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, 
Each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities, and abilities. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, this is how God sees each and every single individual. God's judgment is for each person, according to God, each is fair. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. This is Tay Love preaching Jesus. Check out the new album, Free One, available on all digital outlets, Spotify, Pandora, uh, Amazon is there. Let's go to the third point that we have on false death escape. Number three, according to their works. According to their works. According to means agreement or conformity. Example, cold agrees with ice or Christ agrees with holy or hot agrees with jalapeno. According to their works is trying to hint at the concept of earned wages. In other words, according to in this uh, false death escape uh, passage is trying to illuminate you get what you pay for. Yes, if you pay for cheap, then you going to get cheap. If you involve yourself of foolishness, then you're going to reap the benefits of being a fool. You paying for your sin is like buying food at McDonald's with Monopoly money. Play money. Fake money. So, in other words, I it would behoove me to allow Jesus to pay for my sin because I get what I pay for. In other words, uh, me paying for my sin is like buying food at McDonald's with fake money or play money because I can't pay for my sin just like I can't buy food at McDonald's with fake money. Okay? So the thing with according to means, like we said in the beginning, agreement or conformity. According to is what makes sense. So a receptionist that gets paid $20 an hour ends up getting paid about $800 a week. This is a 40-hour work week. A maintenance man that gets paid $27.50 an hour gets about $1,100 a week. Or a general labor person who gets paid $15 an hour is going to get paid $600 a week. The general laborer can't look at the receptionist and say, why do you make more money than me? Neither can a receptionist look at a maintenance man and say, why do you make more money than me? Each person is getting paid according to what is in agreement or conforms to the work that they're doing, the capacity that they're in, the role that they are hired to work as. Now, let's look at a few Bible verses to illuminate according to from the perspective of God. Romans 6.23 NIV tells us, for the wages of sin is death. God's word translation tells us the same verse. The payment for sin is death. Contemporary English version says sin pays off with 
death. Amplified Classic Version says the wages of sin pays death. The Message Translation says, same verse, work hard for sin your whole life and your pension, fixed sum paid regularly to a person, is death. If judgment were any other way, then it would not be true because it would not be you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to illuminate the false death escape. According to applies agreement or conformity with. Listen to this for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine injuries being randomly assigned to injured people? Would that make any sense? In other words, I have a head cold. I got a few sniffles, you know, I might cough a little bit, <laughs> you know, I might need to blow my nose, <laughs> my nose is running, and that's about it when it comes to a head cold. But can you imagine, you start out with a head cold, and then the next day you have cancer? Or, or you start out with a head cold, and the next day you wake up, and you have a broken finger? Would that be fair? That would be absolutely crazy. The head cold does not agree with a broken finger. It doesn't conform to a broken finger. The broken finger don't conform to a head cold. Do you see what I'm trying to say to you? Getting what you earn is getting what you deserve. The wages of sin is death, and death is what you deserve if you live a life of sin if you die in sin if your sin is not atoned for if you have unrepented sin then you deserve death getting what you deserve is justice uh, justice is righteous as he is called the Lord our righteousness in Jeremiah 23 6 and Jeremiah 33 16 do you see the falsehood in assuming that you know I'm not going to get what I deserve the truth is you are going to get exactly what you deserve and I will get exactly what I deserve what do we deserve Apart from the blood of Jesus, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, the old song, what can wash away my sins, nothing but the blood, <laughs> the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm smiling ear to ear because I, I don't know, I, I don't want to stand before God apart from the blood of Jesus. I don't want to die without the blood of Jesus covering my life. Let's move on to the fourth point in this false death escape. Written record. Written record or record. We read in Revelation 20, 11 through 14, the books are going to be open and what is recorded in them. What does recorded in Greek mean? Recorded in Greek is the word grapho or grapho. It means to scrape, scratch, or engrave, or grave. 
So when we look at the word grave, immediately we think of a funeral home or the place, the burial site where a person dies. It's that piece of rock that we can look to or some type of fancy stone that we can look to as the place where somebody died. And when we look at that stone, we don't find pasted on spray paint, we find engraved in the rock. In other words, it is a permanent record. So grave means to carve or cut something such as letters or figures into a hard surface. It means to carve or shape with a chisel to impress or fix a thought or a memory deeply. So one of the things that I have engraved or graved in my mind is when I got whooped with an extension cord. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that whole ordeal is still very fresh, deeply in my mind. Whew, that's another song for another day. But let me ask you a question. Why do people have headstones or tombstones at their graves? In light of the definition of written or record in Greek, why do people have headstones or tombstones at their grave? Let me go through a few definitions that I got from a few different sources. Number one, even after a person leaves this world, they need a tool of identification to set them apart from the other people buried at the cemetery. Whether it is for family members, friends, or for society, memorials and headstones help identify the deceased. Names written in the Lamb's Book of Life are the holy people of God. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? The names written in the Lamb's Book of Life are the holy people of God. God, even in death, even at his throne, even in eternity, as in earth we have tombstones to set people apart, dead people apart, God wants to set you apart for himself in life and God will set you apart in death. Why? He's going to separate or he's going to set you apart in death because he's going to write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. This is going to be a record or recorded. So that implies that according to this definition, the Book of Life doesn't have written or printed letters in it. It has etched or sculpted or carved or impressed or chiseled into these books or the book as a permanent record. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 17, King James says, but as he which is holy, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, again, that definition, it is written be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning, sojourning here in fear. That was 1 Peter 1, 15-17, King James Version. Again, why grave? 
Why tombstone? Why to separate or clearly identify or distinguish people in their death? God does that through the Holy Spirit, through sanctification with you in life, and God's book that's written and has the record of lives. He wants to sanctify you and set you apart in death and eternity. That's the Lamb's book of life. This is the holy people of God. This is God's collective tombstone for his people. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, King James Version. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people, but now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, God, being rich in mercy, reaches into darkness and brings you and I and whosoever will come to Jesus into his marvelous light that ye may be the people of God. In other words, it takes God's mercy in order for somebody to be saved. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. This is Taylor preaching Jesus, One Life, One Death, One Time. Make your one count. Titus 2, 13-14, King James Version. It reads, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Peculiar people. People, we see that again in 1 Peter 2 9, 1 Peter 1 1. Again, grave, tombstone. Do you see what God is doing with the written book, the Lamb's Book of Life, with the record, the recorded Lamb's Book of Life? Yes, you have to be sanctified, set apart in life prior to death in order to be engraved and carved and etched in the Lamb's Book of Life. One more verse for this point on why does God or why do we have tombstones and why does God go out of his way to set apart Hebrews 12, 14, the Amplified Classic Version says, Strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one will ever see the Lord. Did you hear that? If you don't have consecration, if you don't have holiness, if you don't have sanctification, if you are not set apart in life, if you are not that peculiar people and holy people of God in life, you will never see the Lord. No one will ever see the Lord, says Hebrews 12, 14, Amplified Classic Version. This is why we have tombstones, people. 
we have headstones and tombstones at our graves because we want to clearly communicate as a permanent record individual lives. Martin Luther King has a tombstone. Uh, Abraham Lincoln has a tombstone. Marcus Brown has a tombstone. Lisa Jackson has a tombstone. And so on and so forth. The second reason why God goes out of his way to say our lives need to be individually distinguished is because grave markers double as artifacts, especially in historic, historic cemeteries for visitors to get some sense of the type of people buried there. Did you hear that? This is probably off of Google or somewhere. I have to look in my notes to see the source that I'm reading from. But grave markers, uh, they serve double as artifacts, especially in historic cemeteries for visitors to get some sense of the type of people buried there. I can only imagine being a funeral home and I get the body of a serial rapist. Let's say a person went and they died as they were raping somebody, their 55th victim. They died because the house was invaded by the police and they were shot and killed. If you had a graveyard, would you want the permanent tombstone of the serial rapist in your graveyard? Do you see why in the Old Testament we would see and he was buried with his father, David. He was buried in the city of David with his father. You, you see that? Where a person is buried has significance. So even here, the type of people buried there, okay? This is why at the Washington burial, I forget the name of it, where all the veterans and, and people who have died and fought, you know, you just in, can't in anybody be buried there. That burial site is exclusively for those who have died in combat, served, etc. And it's vigilantly guarded by somebody. White House, a uh, uh, federal uh, uh, paid position, etc. Look up that uh, 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 the Washington Cemetery uh a job description. They got videos and stuff on it and you can see the strenuous training from the shoes they wear to everything. Yes, they want to, again, mark the type of people buried there. So here's the false. Why does this matter? Because again, we hear all these things that are lies. If you listen and your spiritual senses are on, you will start hearing lies. Again, this is false death escape. So here are some lies. The famous phrase, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. We've heard that phrase all around the world. And in a lot of ways, yeah, that is a true statement. But even just a little bit of a lie makes the whole thing a lie. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So let's take a gay man. A man is gay. He, he has affection or romantic attraction to other men. Well, is he a man? 
Yes, but is gay right? Now, gay is a choice you're free to make. But the reason why gay would be wrong, it depends on who you ask. From a creation, a reproductive standpoint, gay is wrong. Two men do not make a baby. Sperm needs egg. This is basic biology in the fifth grade. If two lizards get together and they're both males, then that species will die because they won't reproduce. So that's why gay wrong from the creation standpoint, a reproductive standpoint. Because again, two males can't reproduce. All right. But listen, folks, nobody's perfect. Okay. Well, let's unpack the falsehood that's in that phrase. Nobody's perfect. God commands obedience and faith. God commands a way of life based on his word. God commands absolute humility on your part and the entirety of his lordship as God Almighty on his. So he commands a way of life based on his word. That's his word. His lordship entirely as God Almighty are his terms. It's his word on his terms. Why do I say that? This is perfect to God. Perfection to God is his word, his terms. So his word, his terms is what is perfect to God. So if his word and his terms are 100%, then you can be and will be perfect before God. Matthew 5, 48 says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So that's what grave markers serve as, tombstones, the type of people buried there. So, yes, tombstones set apart. Tombstones uh, give us an idea as to the type and here is the third reason why headstones, headstones and tombstones are used. It allows the deceased survivors to express their sentiments at the time of interment, ceremonial, or burial. As your name is being recorded or omitted or disregarded, it is a direct result of God's judgment. Let me say that one more time. As your name, we're talking about the book of life. As your name, the Lamb's book of life is being recorded, omitted, or disregarded. It is a direct result of God's sentiments or his judgments. Remember, the third reason for headstones and tombstones is for the people that are left behind to express their sentiments. Well, ladies and gentlemen, God is on the outside of his book, the book of life. And those who are written in there or omitted, they are a result because of God's sentiment. It's the way that he feels in his expressed judgment. God's sentiment towards humans who reject him, deny him, refuse him, disobey him, disbelieve him, disregard him, mock him, blaspheme him, are ashamed of him, hide him, is the lake 
of fire. If you are in that group of people that I just read, reject, disobey, refuse, disbelieve, deny, disregard, mock, blaspheme, ashamed, hide, his sentiment towards you or those kinds is the lake of fire. If you're listening right now and that is you, you have a chance because you're not dead yet. Remember, dying, death, dead. If you are dying, meaning you're alive and the, and the time clock on your life is ticking right now, it doesn't matter what kind of life you're in. It doesn't matter if you're ashamed of Jesus right now as you listen to this podcast because you can turn and make a different decision. You can rise up and have the courage to speak and, and represent Jesus and walk away from being ashamed of God to, to, to being a light and shining for Jesus. You can do that. You have the opportunity to do that. But let's read Revelation 20, 10, the expanded Bible. It reads, Then the devil who had led them astray, deceiving and seducing them, was hurled into the fiery lake of burning brimstone, where the beast and false prophet were. And they were tormented day and night forever and ever through the ages of the ages. Can you imagine the divine, the supernatural power and wonder of God it took to create ligaments, blood vessels, or uh, I, I might be saying this word wrong, avioles, it's the little things, I'm about to get into a description with that here in a second. Listen, can you imagine the power and the supreme creativity, the divine mind it took to create ligaments, blood vessels, avioles. Yet man thinks he's going to persuade the sentiment of God towards his unrepentant sin, his rebellious mind, his evil deeds. Ladies and gentlemen, this is absolutely crazy. The point I'm making is God and his divine competence to create the things that we use every day. Our lungs, our heart, our nostrils, the, 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 the super fine divine intelligence it takes to create that. You think you can outsmart that kind of mind when it comes to sin? <laughs> Listen to this, folks. Listen to this. There can be, let's talk about the avioli for a minute. There can be as many as 700 million alveoli in the, a human being. You have connective tissue, alveolar sacs, Man, I, please, I'm butchering these scientific words. Alveolar ducts, mucus gland, mucus lining. You've got capillary beds. You have pulmonary arteries. You have pulmonary veins. You have atrium and alveoli. You got all this stuff in just one of these 700 million inside of one human being. 
Man can barely make a sandwich. You can't just go hop up and work at Holiday Ham or, or, or Chick-fil-A or McDonald's. You got to be trained and you know just like I know you done had a sandwich that was missing a pickle. A sandwich that had the wrong mayonnaise. Man can barely make a sandwich without making a mess, which is dung compared to the handiwork of Almighty God throughout creation. Do you see what I'm trying to tell you? The intelligence it takes to make the man who makes a mess with the sandwich. That's the God who gonna look at our sin and have sentiment, yet the man who was made by the same God who made the man who makes the, the mess on the sandwich thinks that he's going to dissuade and punk and manipulate this God. You got to be crazy. This is the God who makes 700 million little sacks in your lungs that have all these small important components that I just read to you so that you can breathe. We ain't talking about being an Olympic weightlifting champion or inventing the next scientific breakthrough. We're just talking about breathing. <laughs> Dummies breathe. And the intelligence of God, it was necessary in order for a, a bonehead to breathe. Do you see what I'm saying? If you trust in his handiwork with your lungs, trust his holy word with your judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Taylor preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. We are on our last two points. I hope you have been enjoying this Holy Ghost Word. This Spirit-filled Word. You're never ever going to walk into a church and get this type of Word. Churches are more corporate and corporate says 20 to 25 minutes is enough. 26 minutes is too much and 30 minutes you will not be invited back again. That's the American branded version of church. Listen to this, folks. Point number five, we're talking about the six false death escapes. People thinking in one of these six ways they're going to escape death as described in the Bible. Number five, hurled or thrown. Hurl in Greek is the word balo. It means to cast, throw, rush with force and effort to throw or let go of a thing without caring where it falls. Hurl, it means in English to send or thrust with great vigor, to throw down with violence, to throw forcefully uh, or utter with vehemence, to spit up, gag, barf, puke or vomit. Do you see? Hurl takes us to the concept of having force. And that force takes us, takes us to the depiction of vomiting. Vomiting occurs when something doesn't sit right with your body, specifically your stomach. Your body is saying it doesn't belong or it's foreign or the defense response uh, happens because it's trying to keep you healthy and alive. Do you see that? 
Could it be as to why God hurls or in a vomit-like way hurls people into the lake of fire is because he tried to keep heaven holy? Oh my goodness. You guys got to get this now. Revelation 3, 16, King James Version reads, So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Spew out of my mouth. Amplified, same text. So because you are lukewarm, spiritually useless, and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth, rejecting you with disgust. Do you see what we do, what we talking about? This is the 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 underlying layer of God hurling those in the lake of fire. God is disgusted like vomit. And all around the world there's no one who would disagree that vomit is disgusting. Final point in false death escape. Renew your mind, ladies and gentlemen. This God is not some long-haired hippie in heaven just kind of, oh, well, you try. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Just like no matter how hard you flap your arms, you ain't flying nowhere. Just like no matter how hard you hit a steel door, you ain't knocking that thing down. These are things, standards, truths, realities. And that's how we're unpacking God's word to show you. This is what it's like to stand before God. I don't know what kind of depiction you have in your mind. I hope after this podcast you realize it might be false. The final false death escape is the phrase lake of fire and if you could see the the little uh, 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 depiction I have in my notes it is the inside of an explosion the lake of fire listen to this I want to I, I, I hope you can understand from God's perspective what he has in mind as he created this lake of fire, the Bible says hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. But listen to this, folks. Fire in Greek means poor. Poor means fire. Revelation 20, 11 through 15 uses the word fire. That's the Greek word poor. And it means the heat of the sun. Oh, did you hear what I said? We ain't talking about a lighter's fire. We ain't talking about your oven fire. We ain't talking about the engine fire. The, the Greek tells us in this text, the heat of the sun or lightning. Ladies and gentlemen, I got the, I got the, this is the cream of the crop. If you have been waiting patiently this whole time, this is the grand finale, folks. Let me illuminate to you from the mind of God, from his holy word, what God means when he say lake of fire. Let's look at the sun. Remember Psalm 24 and 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. 
let's go back to uh, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This sun, lightning, belongs to God. The sun is controlled by the God who created it. The Bible tells us in the book of Job and in the book of Psalms that God assigns lightning. When the lightning strike, it's because God is the one who orchestrated it. The real weatherman or the weather is controlled entirely by God. Ladies and gentlemen, why? The heavens, the sun, the stars, winds, cloud, and what uh, uh, evolutionists and all these Darwinists and atheists and agnostic call mother nature. No, ain't no mother nature. It's God. God's thing, these are, these, are, these are crumbs in the hand of God. He created it with his mind and his power. God created the heavens and the earth. If we read further in Genesis 1, it tells us he made two great lights. God created the sun. So listen to these. <laughs> this is going to blow your mind, folk. When you hear the word fire, lake of fire, you need to think of sun and lightning. The sun, the luminous celestial body around which the earth and other planets evolve, revolve, from which they receive heat and light, which is composed mainly of hydrogen and helium, and which has a mean distance from the earth of about 93 million miles. 150 million kilometers a linear a linear 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 man i ain't had i ain't seen some of these words in a long time i know y'all laughing at me the last time i seen linear was when i was in public school a linear diameter of 864,000 miles 1.39 million kilometers the sun is a mass of uh, that is 332,000 times greater than the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear what I just read you? The concept of fire are these little bitty things that we have on the earth. The heat from an engine, a fire furnace, a campfire, uh, uh, I burned uh, uh, fireworks, a gunshot, a bomb, a tank, a, a, a mortar round, a forest fire. Yeah, that's what we know is fire on earth. But I just read to you, listen, the sun is a mass that is 300,032 times greater than the earth. <laughs> That's like me saying an ant punched me. Can I even feel when an ant is on me, let alone punch me? I can't feel that mess. Do you see the, the point I'm trying to make to you? Listen, a stove has a high temperature of 550 degrees Fahrenheit. You can turn a stove on in America and click them numbers and it can go up to 550 degrees Fahrenheit. Lava.
from a volcano on average can range between 1300 and 2200 degrees Fahrenheit depending on its location so we can agree an oven is hot I would never tell somebody oh open the oven and put your hand no don't do that you gonna burn badly okay and if you in a volcano or near volcanic activity you gonna be burnt to ashes if you watch videos a volcano will destroy and bring to ashes in seconds everything everything around a volcano just turns to black and gray ash the Sun okay according to NASA in 2017 had a temperature of 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit now lightning in fact can heat the air it passes through to 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit that's five times hotter than the surface of the Sun so NASA says the surface of the Sun is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit and lightning again lightning uh, can heat the air it passes through to 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit or five times hotter than the surface of the Sun here is the punchline and the outro folks to this false death escape the Sun's inner core reaches temperatures of about 27 million degrees Fahrenheit oh oh <laughs> that's like comparing a hand slap to a, 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 a gunshot a hand slap hurts but being shot with a double ot buck or a slug it, it, that, that, that's that's the that's the difference 27 million degrees Fahrenheit does that even is that who can imagine that that's why ladies and gentlemen on my depiction I have the inside of an explosion not the outside the fragments the outer radius of a grenade I'm talking about the inside of the grenade well the word fire is poor in Greek and it means the heat of the Sun or lightning and if that is what the, if the lightning is 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit and God has at his disposal 27 million degrees Fahrenheit saying hell is hot is an understatement folks hell is hot just don't say it what am I saying Joker if you ain't saved today I don't care what you where you at or what you think you believe the fact is you have to die and if the Bible is wrong and if Jesus is fake and if God does not exist and you walk this narrow life you have nothing to lose when you die if it's wrong oh but ladies and gentlemen 
If God is indeed real, if Jesus Christ is real and he's Lord and he's God, and if the Bible is true, oh my goodness, great and terrible will be the day that you die and go to hell. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. That concludes False Death Escape. Until next time. Hit the trash bag, preach the gospel bag. 2819, make disciples of all. Make disciples of one life, one death, one time. Make disciples, make disciples. Make